Well, welcome everyone, Palm Sunday weekend. I wanna say hello to everyone who's joining us really all around the world online. I wanna say hello to everybody at Weston. It was so fun to be with you on the Thursday night service this week. Listen, I know many of you are hurting over the uh, Ryan Lutz's accident and just know we're praying alongside you uh, for him and for their family. And Missouri City, I hope you're doing great. If you're a guest there, be sure and go by and see T after the service. I would know he would just love to meet you and answer any questions that you might have. Well, we're in this series called TikTok Theology because as great and powerful as social media is, we certainly don't want to be taking our cues about God or faith from there. Today, we're actually going to wrap it up. We're going to talk about baptism, the foundation for baptism, and some of the common misconceptions around baptism. Here's just a few questions that we get about baptism around here. Do I have to be baptized to go to heaven? Uh, why don't we baptize those babies? And then why do we immerse people versus sprinkling or pouring? So we're going to talk about those today. But a good place to start in talking about baptism is around a historical figure. His name is John the Baptist or John the Baptizer. John's mission was really to prepare everyone for Jesus' coming. And his message was for people to acknowledge they were going the wrong way away from God and to turn and go another direction towards him because God was getting ready to do a brand new thing. In fact, his exact words were, repent because the kingdom of God is at hand or the kingdom of God is coming. Now, repent, it really means, it means just that. It's kind of like a an aha moment where you stop and you go, whoa, this isn't going well, things aren't going well, I'm not going well, where you own your stuff and you make a decision to turn and go the other direction towards God. So John begins baptizing thousands of people in the Jordan River. In fact, Mark, who's another close follower of Jesus, tells us that the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. So there were lots and lots of people out there getting baptized. And really the Jordan River, it was the perfect place to do it. It was a gathering place for lots of geographic areas. You could think of it as a, a water form of a town square or a town center. And baptism was a way for people to come and by being baptized, they were identifying with John's message. And if you think about it, we learn a lot about people by who or what they identify themselves with. We learn where they went to school where their kids went to school. Uh, we learn uh, what town they're from. We might learn uh, where they work. So let's see. If I see, say, Jake from... Yeah, you got that. Clearly, Jake has identified himself with State Farm. We, we all know that. We have sports teams and figures that we identify ourselves with. So let's see what's back here behind the secret TV. If I put this jersey on right now, it's opening weekend, you guys, come on. And I put this on, and you see me walking down the street, you go, well, clearly that woman, she's identified herself with the Astros, is an Astros fan. You look on the back, oh, she really likes Yuri, so she's a fan, fan of that. So we identify ourselves with sports figures as well. Have you ever had a sports figure you're following change teams? 
So it's powerful, isn't it? I'm thinking about, yeah, you're thinking about that too. So I'm thinking, I was thinking old school, like Michael Jordan. So he wears that Bulls uni for all that time. Then he's with the Wizards and you do a double take. Or, you know, when we see um, Carlos Correa in a twins uniform, it'll, it'll, it'll be different. And we're not bitter about that. Mm. But this is important. Who or what we identify with tells others something about us. Who or what we identify with tells others something important about us. And in ancient literature, the word baptism, you guys, it wasn't a religious word or a church word. It meant to dip or to plunge or to submerge. So you would, you'd baptize your potatoes before you'd mash them. Or you'd go to the river and you'd baptize your dirty clothes to get them clean. It was commonly used to describe pickling something. So you would take a cucumber and you would baptize it in hot boiling water, and then you'd baptize it in vinegar to pickle it. And which makes me think about a common question we get around here is, are our baptismals heated? And the answer is, the answer is yes, we are not uh, boiling or pickling anyone out there. That's, that's important. But one of the reasons we baptize by immersion is because of this definition of baptism and the model we have for it. That's why we do that rather than sprinkling or pouring. Now, the amazing thing that happened with John is one day he's out there at the Jordan River. He's baptizing all of these people. People are even getting confused. Are you the guy who's coming? Are you the one that's coming? He's like, no, I'm not the guy. But in the book of Matthew, in fact, in all of the Gospels, it tells us this. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, stopped him saying, you know, I need to be baptized by you and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now for thus it's fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then he consented and think about being there for this moment. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. So that would have been a moment. So Jesus, he's about 30 years old at this time. It's at the very beginning of his public ministry. He comes down to the river to be baptized by John. And John's like, whoa, wow, yeah, we're, gonna, we, no, we're not doing that. We got to flip this script. You know, how about you baptize me? But Jesus knew, you guys, it was important for him and for people to see him publicly identify with John's message because essentially he's the fulfillment of that message itself. So baptism, it's a personal and a public declaration of your association with Jesus where you put on a new jersey identifying yourself with him through faith. In fact, Paul, who's another follower of Jesus, says this in the book of Galatians. He says, for all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves. It's literally sunken into the clothes of Christ. And I love that picture. So baptism, it essentially gives voice to a personal decision that you've already made. And this is why we dedicate and we don't baptize babies or children before they've made that decision on their own. Now, your parents may have done that. That's a great decision that they made for you. And and if you're worried about this, that you have a parent or maybe a grandparent who's passed who'd be upset with you, 
for getting baptized, I think they'd be thrilled about it, that you, they fulfilled the hope that they had for you in following Christ and going public with it. In fact, I think there's another reason this 2,000-year-old practice is so, so, so important, and I really couldn't wait to share this with you. So after Jesus rose from the bed, so he's crucified, dead, buried, he rises from the dead. Before he ascended into heaven, he spent 40 days here on earth, and historical records tell us that he appeared to about 500 people. And at the end of that time, the very last thing that he clearly and really strongly said was this. Therefore, go and make disciples, that just means followers, of all of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And if you've been a part of a baptism here at Weston or River Point Church, you know that we baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, I have to tell you, over the course of years, just as a pastor, I've had this very humble privilege of being with people when they've passed. I've had people write me last notes to give to their family. I've had people whisper last words that were very private or words that they wanted to share with their loved one. It's really a beautiful thing. You know, last words are very, very important. And this became really personal to me during COVID because my dad was in an assisted living and his health was going downhill. And I don't know if you remember during COVID, you couldn't hardly get near an assisted living. To get to my dad's assisted living, you had to go through a guard gate. If you had something to drop off, you would register, you'd go and you'd drop it off outside. You weren't going in there for sure. And my dad's mental health was declining as well. And he was getting more and more confused about why we weren't coming to visit him. It was really breaking my heart. So I got this idea and I talked to his nurse and said, how about for just a little minute, you open the window to his room and I'll just drop something off outside and then I'll circle back and I'll just say a few words to him through the window. So I, I got to the assisted living, I got to the guard gate, I got through, dropped something, I circled around and I went up to his window, y'all, and just said a few words. It was, it was just a really, really special thing until I felt someone's presence there and I turned around and all the security was there. <laughs> yeah, and I got kicked off the property. <laughs> it's like, pastor gets kicked off assisted living property for you know, going to visit her dad. And unfortunately, you guys, my dad passed not long after that. But before he died, I remember some of the very last words he said to me. He said, I love you, sugar. Thank you so very much. And I'll hold those words. I can hear him saying, I'll hold them so dear to my heart because they were important. And they were his very last words. Words carry a lot of weight, don't they? And what would your last words be? Here's what I want you to think about today. Of all of the things, of all of the things that Jesus could have said to us as his followers, as his very last words to us, he said, help people find me, follow me, and do what? Get baptized 
that carries a lot of weight. Not only because Jesus was baptized, although that's a great reason to follow his example, but because this was the very last thing that he commissioned us to do, to baptize and to be baptized. Now, another common misconception around baptism is that you have to be baptized to go to heaven. But remember, being baptized, it doesn't make you a follower of Jesus. It really affirms this decision that you've already made to follow him. In fact, Paul says this. He is another follower of Jesus. He says, and I'd love to put my name in here. You might put your name in here. So, so Tanya, it's by grace that you've been saved through faith. It's not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not by works, not by anything you do or you've done or you're going to do so that no one could boast. I, I love that picture. So there's nothing we can do, including getting baptized, to be saved. In fact, the only way for salvation is because of Jesus' sacrifice on our behalf, us accepting that and putting our faith and our trust in him, his grace in that. And then finally, when we go under the water and we come back up again, we really picture two things. We, we picture Jesus' death and his burial and his resurrection. And, and we picture what he does in our lives when we put our faith in him, how our sins are buried and washed away and forgiven and, and how we can rise and walk in a new life following him. And I believe if we put a ginormous whiteboard up here today and all of us came up and we graphed our lives, have you ever done that? The hills, the valleys, the highs, the lows, the, the losses, the celebrations, the mistakes, all the do-overs, do all the wins in there. I believe that baptism, it would be a marker on the hill. It would be a stake in the ground. It would be a moment of clarity where you act in obedience to his call to be baptized. And that's why it's so important around here, you guys. This is why we commemorate it. We give you a Bible and a certificate and a shirt to commemorate that day. And I know some of you have been thinking about this for a really long time. You know, I have people come to me and say, you know, Tanya, one of these days I'm going to get baptized. Or they'll say, um, you know, when I get some things straight in my life, then I'm going to get baptized. But here's the thing. In Jesus' day, people were baptized immediately, right after they came to faith, right when they found water. There's a great story, an account of a guy from Ethiopia in the Bible, and it tells how he put his faith in Christ, and the very next words out of his mouth were, okay, so where's the water? You know, bring me to the water. He sees the water and says, well, why can't I get baptized right now? And everybody was, boom, you can. Let's do it. There wasn't, there's nothing magical about the water. It's water. It's what we're symbolizing when we do it. In fact, one of Jesus' followers named Peter, he says this. Those who believed, Peter's out there preaching. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, that day, 3,000 in all. So that was a big old baptism going on there. But it was immediate, isn't it? And I know that you want to build your life around what's important. Boy, I, I want to have the courage to build my life around what's important. And as a follower of Christ, you guys, this is really, really important. You never forget the day that you're baptized. 
I'm getting ready to send this service back over to West End and Missouri City, but onliners stay here with us and I'm going to pray. I just want to start by saying today, if you've never put your faith in Christ as your Savior, boy, this would be a great moment to do that. You can do that repent thing. Just acknowledge you've been going your own way apart from him. Tell him you put your faith in his sacrifice for you and turn and go the other direction. Begin a new relationship with him. You can get baptized if you'd like as soon as you can find some water to do that. And God, I ask that you would give each one of us the courage to take a next step in our faith as we follow you, whether that's getting baptized or or trusting you today with the hard stuff, the hard stuff that we were singing about today. Thank you for modeling what that looks like. Thank you for making a way. And maybe you're here and you're processing a lot of doubts. You're not sure where you are in your faith right now. And maybe you've got questions. I want you to know, River Point and Western Church, they're such a safe place to do that. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.